Welcome back to episode five of the Essential Education podcast of season two. And today we're joined by special guest Boss Mitpasong, who is an international student at Fairmont. And we're here to learn about his experiences for the past seven years. He's been my great friend. And let's go ahead and get him introduced. Boss, can you please introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Boss Mitpasong, and I came to the U.S. Um, in fourth grade. Yep. And as been a tough journey really and really like exploring and learning English is a tough job from when I I didn't really know anything you know came as a kid like nine years old you don't know much you just try to do your best and I've grown a lot through friends teachers you know, family members and all that. And Yeah, so let's start with your experience in fourth grade. I mean, you came straight from Laos to the U.S. First of all, why did you move here? And second of all, how difficult it was it for you to adjust to American life? Oh, you know, fourth grade came, really didn't know much English. Like, speaking to friends was hard. They made fun of my accents mm-hmm. and all that. And... The way I connected was through soccer. Yeah. Yeah, I came first day, came outside, saw saw a bunch of friends, you know, playing soccer, and I just joined in. And they were were impressed with my skills, really. And as an international student, it was, you know, you need to work hard every day. Try to learn, take something new. Yeah. that's that's heartwarming really, to hear, boss. Please continue. Yeah, and really, I was like really grown into the person I am today by putting in the work every day. And if you put your mind into anything, you can accomplish. Yeah, it's just amazing. Hearing seven years later, you're basically fluent in English. I I've never even heard you speak Laotian. I think I've known you for so long, and I hardly hear you ever speak it. And it's just it's so crazy to think that you had to learn this entire language by yourself, and now you've taken like AP English, AP Literature with me. Uh, you know, you've passed all the exams, and you've gone through this process, this rigorous process of learning English, and now you're completely fluent in it. Um, when like when you came here could you speak any english at all um yes i was able to speak a little uh, i came in the summer you know um three so i had three or two months of practice before i joined fourth grade and it was really hard because you know especially the reading because I couldn't understand most of the words. Everyone was speaking at a faster pace than I did at my former international school. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, spelling was really hard, actually. Yeah. Like, I remember in my first book, uh, spelling quiz, mm-hmm. but then I figured out, uh, like, how to get a better grade by, you know, repetition writing down the same word over and over again and if I put all the words together I would have a whole stack of papers and yeah it is very emotional but then at the same time 
I, I felt really proud of myself that I went through something so incredible and I don't regret anything. That's that's actually amazing to hear. I mean, I I don't even I've, I've never really known about this. It's just so cool to hear from you because I've never had to go through, you know, the experience of moving to a new country, learning a new language. Um, you I'm, I'm assuming you came to America and your parents moved you to America for the opportunity for better life, better education, uh, better opportunities. Is that true? Oh, that's very true. You know, who would want, as a parent, who would want their nine-year-old to move to a whole new different country, trusting other people to take care of the kids, right? Yeah. Yes, and really providing them, uh, me and my siblings with the finance, you know, you're making lost money, uh, lost currency, and converting it to U.S. money. That's a lot of money that were wasted, or not, not wasted, but used to uh, send me and my siblings to U.S., provide us with better opportunities and sacrificing what, uh, the love of our family and yeah. really the time is very important. Yeah. No, I, I 100% feel that. If you don't mind me asking, boss, when's the last time you like saw your parents and uh, were able to see them in person? Yeah, seeing them in person, that was um, two years ago, yeah. Wow. Yeah, when I think about it, it's like super long. Yeah, it was really hard first, the first year, you know. Like, but after time, you kind of get used to it. But every day, you know, I would FaceTime them, you know, mm-hmm. seeing, brings joy, joy to me. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, you started your journey in fourth grade. And then as you progressed towards middle school, uh, I remember <laughs> when I was talking to you, we were in Miss Rapp's class, Miss Kate's class, all these challenging academic English classes at Fairmont's Middle School um, for the listeners. And boss, when did you really feel like, okay, I have a grasp of the English language. I have a grasp of how the learning processes work in America. Was it like during middle school or like what specific grade, what specific class really made you feel confident in yourself? Oh, that's a tough question because even now, I don't think I have a 100% grasp of the language because every word and my writing isn't that great, I, I feel. But, you know, every day I try to improve. But then it was starting to get easier by the end, uh, maybe sixth grade, when I get into middle school. And, you know, friends really helped. I remember, even my uncle helped a lot. He came down every day, drove down here, um, down to my aunt's house. 30, it took him 30 minutes just to get here and he gave me the tutoring I needed and the support that I needed and without the support I don't think I could make it yeah wow <laughs> just kind of a funny anecdotal thing I remember we had those orange vocab books those blue vocab books in middle school that we would have to fill out and have quizzes on like these extremely difficult vocab words 
um, there was like ambidextrous and all these weird words in there. Do you remember those? Oh yes, it was, it was a good memory really. I remember doing some of the pages with you and some of our other friends also, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we had to like fold back the pages and <laughs> do all the vocab. It was, yeah, it was crazy. Right. It was just like... Right. Yeah, I'm taking those um, Friday quizzes, you know. Yeah. It was a new spelling for me because in fourth grade, you know, the spelling quizzes were always on Friday and it would convert it from spelling quizzes to vocab quizzes. So yeah. I, I thought that was a good transition. Yeah. No, no, that's, yeah, that's definitely true. And obviously we only talked about English so far, but I'm assuming moving here, like, it was also difficult learning other subjects like math and uh, I don't know maybe sciences. Like, what do you think about that? Was it also difficult to learn those or? Um, those were a little bit easier because you know, math, is, math and science is universal. Mm-hmm. But then I, but as I got a better grasp of English, I was I transitioned from my um, from like English support classes to Spanish and Spanish was quite hard for me because I was like so focused on English yeah. and like selling another language really is a tough task. Yeah it kind of throws you off right like you're trying to learn this one language that most of your peers at the school are supposed to have known since childhood since birth while you just started learning it like in fifth grade and now you have to tackle learning Spanish with English. And also, I mean, in middle school, right? If I'm not wrong, you were in Miss DeLeon's class, our Spanish class. So you were learning two languages in addition to, you know, English and Spanish. So, I mean, that must have been pretty t- difficult, right? Yes, it was extremely difficult. Like, I, I didn't even know most of the English words by that point. Yeah. And really, um... Learning additional vocabs in Spanish really like confused me a little, and really the grammar too. It was like a mix of everything, and I re- I really had to differentiate the difference between it, like several languages, which is really hard. So how how did you manage that? Like, what what was your strategy that you took? to balancing Spanish and English in school? Uh, I think there's only one way, putting in the time and the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming home every day, I would get everything done as quick as possible, you know? Getting the work done first and worrying about the other stuff later. Yeah. You know, there's a good balance between everything. And you put in but I would always put in um, more, way more time into English than Spanish because that's what I came to the U.S. for, to learn this language and all these subjects that came with it, yeah. Yeah, so obviously up till now, for the first 12 minutes, we've just been talking about academically, you know, English, Spanish subjects, how you've progressed since fourth grade to now being a senior. And obviously all of that's very important, but so is community, family, and school life outside of academics. So first of all, I know you were only in Laos for the first nine years of your life, but coming here to the U.S., 
How have you seen the community and the people and the environment being different than Laos? And do you have any insights on that? Right, culture, right? Of course. So, super different. In Laos, like, everyone is very formal. And here, everyone's a lot more casual. And as a nine-year-old, it was really tough. Oh, no. It was very interesting, not tough. Uh, interesting to see how all the people act differently. And especially, like, the kids. They're, I don't know. Uh, in Laos, there would be really severe punishments if you do certain types of stuff. But then over here, they're different way of teaching the kids, you know, talking to them is the best way. And I really believe that that's a great way of teaching kids by just talking to them and teaching them through verbal um, words. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever remember, uh, I think it was in like fourth or fifth grade at like recess or like break, they would give us timeouts if we did something wrong, like yellow cards would be like five minutes of sitting out or something like that. Or, um, I don't know if you remember that. I do remember, but, you know, as a kid, I'm not that... Oh, I, I was naughty, but I, <laughs> I, 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 always, I would always know my limit, and I would, like, almost never get those yellows, because to me, it felt like it was a disappointment to me and my all the people around me. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was just funny to bring up because I don't know what they do in Laos to punish children, but at least here it was such a simple, okay, sit down for five minutes and think about what you did. That's such a different cultural way of handling the situation against maybe a different country. Um, but I guess what, what else I wanted, the other thing I wanted to get at was, like, obviously we have student council, ASB, dances uh, that we had at our school, and how did you feel as an international? Did you feel included at these events? Uh, did you feel like you were part of them? I know later you became involved uh, in your high school career and, of course, the end of your middle school career. But at least for the beginning part of it, did you feel involved in these events? Um, not at first. Um, during middle school, I was not very involved with all the school activities and all that because I was very focused on academic wise but then in high school I, I see all these activities like soccer clubs um, FBLA for for the people who don't know that's future business leaders of America like all these clubs and all these people they're a lot more similar than you think and as I join these people like I be, I was I felt that I was a part of the community and in sophomore year I joined ASB and that group has really helped me throughout my high school career almost like a support system for you right like being able to have like a fun activity thing to do outside of school right yeah well yeah that's awesome um I guess just the last question I kind of want to ask wrapping up is for any other international students or immigrant students coming to the United States or coming here for college, what's your advice after being here for seven, eight years, going through the process of learning a new language, learning a new culture? 
do you have any advice for them before they begin the same journey that you started eight years ago? As international student, one regret I had was not participating enough because someone would uh, because I thought that someone would make fun of me, but that's not the case at all. And yeah, one advice I would have is participate more. You know, take it slow and learn little by little because, like me, you get a grasp of it. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's that's great advice, boss. Well, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast uh, in what we call the life of an immigrant. And uh, I just cannot be happier today to say that boss has become one of my best friends. And I never let his culture or his status as an immigrant or someone from Laos stop me from you know becoming friends and learning about his culture. And I think that's also something we have to take away. As someone who's you know become friends with so many international students over the years, I'm just pleased to say that you should always come uh you should always come to someone with open arms uh you shouldn't ever be denying someone because of their culture or you know their race or their ethnicity uh, we need to be accepting of all people and without that i would have never met boss boss Song, thank you for being on today's podcast episode thank you for having me Arya. thank you thank you guys for joining me on today's episode of uh the life of an immigrant featuring boss Song. we will see you next week with a new episode and talk to you guys soon